0: Has your life gotten just a little bit gritty over the last couple of years, maybe, maybe even more so in the last few months? Well, today's guest, Tracy King of the Gritty Mystic Podcast is here to share some insights and divine breakthroughs about how you can cope with all the grittiness in your life and really see it as for you to help you form that pearl that you are that is being revealed through all the grittiness join us for an illuminating conversation soul
1: nectar show the soul nectar show you're invited delighted to discover who you are anything is possible if you believe to so join us on this beautiful journey so
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, and we tell our own personal embodied and real journeys to find ourselves in a spiritual way. And uh, you know, this is, we're talking about the mystery here. You know, the reason there's not like a handbook for waking up is because it's a mystery how it happens for you. And along the process of walking that mystery, you've gotta, you know, really what it's inviting you to do is to start to trust how the mystery is showing up for you as totally valid, even if you're not seeing it in other people, like it's not being reflected to you. Like, oh, they didn't have that experience. So I don't know if I can trust my experience. Well. You're actually here to learn how to trust your experience. That's the whole point. So, and along the way of that, you know, you've got to be willing to expand beyond your, you know, your conditioning and to expose it, to to see that it's even there. You know, you've got to try some new things, get outside your comfort zone. And, you know, getting outside your comfort zone doesn't stop the moment you realize that you're a light worker. It actually like continues, you know, that getting out of your comfort zone is like, that's a lifelong thing. That's like a continuation. You know, that's like an expansion that never stops and an inquiry that never stops. Or, you know, and if it stops, you're, you know, you're not really still learning and growing, are you? So I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love to have these conversations every single week on Soul Nectar Show because. I am in the constant growth process. I'm in a constant evolution. I'm in a constant state of opening myself with don't know mind to explore something new that, you know, might be a little uncomfortable or edgy for me. But then on the other side of that, almost invariably always, there is a realization, an inspiration, a shift in perspective that brings me to a whole new state of being, even on things to which I previously was like, I am entrenched in that position forever. And I will never, ever, 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 ever change my mind. And then, of course, spirit's like, are you sure about that? Because I got something new for you now. <laughs> and then I have some conversation or some interaction. And I, I realize I'm in one of those moments where I'm feeling like it's totally negative, And I want to get out of there to protect my, my peace and my sanctity. And then I realize, oh, this is for me. Because if I'm feeling it, it's in me too. So we're going to have a beautiful conversation today about these kinds of topics with my friend, Tracy King. Welcome, Tracy, to the show.
1: Thank you. So good to be here. I know.
0: I want to tell you a little bit about Tracy. So Tracy, you know, she has a professional career, you know, not that these things are separate, but it's just sort of interesting. She's got a professional career. She uh, designs and delivers transformational learning experiences. She's a master learning designer, professional development consultant, and owns an instructional design agency. And so, she really helps people to craft experiences that help people grow. And she has done this on, you know, NBC, ABC, Fox, Forbes, and hundreds of other nationally syndicated television, newspaper, and magazine outlets have featured her work. So now, uh, on a personal level, I think you know is uh, she's an intuitive channel and transformational teacher, and she has a podcast called lovely enough, the gritty mystic. And that's why we're going to talk about grittiness today. She holds space for illuminating conversations on personal development, inspiring divine breakthroughs. And uh, I'm on her podcast too. I'll put a link in the show notes. So Tracy, you and I are just like so agreeable about grittiness. And I just want to give an advance warning because this is a gritty podcast um, episode. Don't be surprised if there's some swearing. You know, that's why I mark my show explicit people, because that gives us the freedom to do what we gotta do to make a point. Right. So gonna hand it over to you, Tracy. Like, tell us how you began uh waking up to your purpose of all the things you're doing in the world and as this messenger of the gritty mystic podcast.
1: Mm, Who? where to begin? So um In the Gritty Mystic podcast, I share a lot about my fundamentalist Christian upbringing and what a foundation for transformation that was for me. I accepted a lot of roles. I accepted a lot of beliefs. I accepted a lot of norms and behaviors that were not in alignment with who I am. And I came to a point in my life, well, we'll just, you know, call it a dumpster fire moment. (laughs) Where where shit was fucking falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) Love those moments though. They're awesome. So yeah. liberating. And yeah, exactly. So it was a, the crystal moment of realization that I'm out of alignment with who I am, why I'm here. And in order to be in alignment, in order to choose to continue living, honestly, I need to step away from all of these roles that I had accepted as mine that were not mine. And um, these ways of being that I, and beliefs that I had accepted, but were not mine. And so I stepped into this space of who am I? What am I here for? What do I want? And that just broke open opportunity for a massive awakening and transformation for me. Meeting my spirit guide team, um, meeting and beginning to channel the Seth entity, um, and you know, just trying to master some of that content, master that my my way out of that dumpster fire moment to a space where um, I could share this beautiful framework with others, which is what I'm doing through the Gritty Mystic podcast. And so, yeah, I'm all about hosting really honest conversations because growth is messy. We start from a messy place. Leveling up feels uncomfortable. It feels messy. There's so many feelings. But what I love to share with people is that feelings are data. They are yours. You own them. They are for you. And they're telling you something. And so tuning into what's happening in your body instead of, you know, as we've been chatting about just kind of projecting that on other people is key to our work in our in our continual just perfection and growth of ourself. Um, what we can become, how we can dilate wider and embody more of our higher self and who we really are and meant for this life to embody.
0: Yeah, because I believe that we're here to become free and sovereign. And we have to become free and sovereign by claiming it for ourselves. I mean, you know, I often share the metaphor of the butterfly. You know, I have butterflies behind me all the time in the show in case you're listening and not watching. You know, I've always got these butterflies. And that's because I love this this um, emblematic symbol, you know, of transformation, the butterfly. And I, I was really interested in this one point to find out that if you, when a butterfly fully has its wings formed, but it hasn't yet broken free of the cocoon, that if you actually cut open the cocoon to help it get out easier it that butterfly will actually die it won't survive like it has to force its own way out of the cocoon mm-hmm. and i feel we're doing that right now tracy i feel like we are forcing our way out of our own cocoons to emerge with wings and fly into to the age of aquarius and it looks pretty gritty out there that process
1: a lot of polarity and um anytime that there's a lot of contrast that's setting us up to make our next choice so what will we do in this moment how will we, you know, interpret our our thoughts, our feelings, our way of being in this world in order to make our next steps in it, not think that it's just happening to us, that this grittiness is just a wave rolling over us, but really examining what our role is in it.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's, um, you know, there's really a couple of things that I want to ask you. And I think I'll start with how did you face extricating yourself from your fundamentalist um, Christian upbringing? Because I just know from some other clients and people that have shared with me, I, I didn't personally experience that kind of thing, but I know from other people who have that it can be really challenging to break free of those things. Like you, you have a lot of built in, apparently like conditioned thinking that if you don't follow that way, you're going to go straight to hell or you're a bad person or, or the family has to shun you if you walk away. Like there's a lot of control and manipulation around it. So is that what you experienced? And if so, like, tell us about how it was for you to break
1: free. Absolutely. 100% what I experienced. A lot of conditioning, a lot of grooming to be compliant, to follow certain rules that were all about controlling people's lives, controlling people's thoughts, controlling people's behaviors. When those behaviors, such as curiosity, such as critical thinking, <laughs> such as you know, loving people the way you are naturally born into this world to love people, we you know, damnable, like eternity hellfire lake for you. And also you can't be a part of this, this family, this church family, this community, or, you know, your, your primary family. And so there's a lot of fear. The core of fundamentalism is fear. It's all about control through fear. And so it was a long process to really deconstruct all of that To see how that programming had played out in my life. So to first confront that, all of these choices that I had made that had landed me in this this space where I felt like I just don't even want another breath right now, you know, were as a result of this conditioning and this daily burden of fear of making a wrong choice And so it took years and years and years for me to deconstruct that experience, what choices I had made that led to the position that I found myself in, but then to further, as I was just, I call it, you know, excavating my life. Like my life was this big archeological tell, and digging through the layers of how I respond to triggers and situations and people and um, why certain fears would wash over me, what I was feeling in my feeling body, right? we're really rooted in a lot of that conditioning. And, um, you know, even up to the last, you know, seven years, really still confronting some of those, those fears of stepping into the limelight of, you know, even this podcast, just out in the open, here's what I believe, you might believe it or not, you may be my tribe, you may be, you may not be, all of that is okay. I'm finding my people, you know. Whereas there was a lot of fear built up, you know, building up to that moment of, hey, look, I have to step into authenticity. Um, that it, it's a very painful process because you feel lied to. You see plainly the manipulation that happened within these trusted groups of people that you aligned yourself with, but who were considered your nurturers, your caretakers, um, part of your upbringing. And so separating yourself from that structure, that network and standing on your own can be terrifying. They want it to be terrifying, right? But it's also when you do that work and you realize who you are and you stand in that authenticity, so very empowering because once you step into, well, this is actually who I am. This is actually who I believe. I'm sorry, that's not for me. Bless and release you. I'm, this is where I am. This is how I'm operating. Um, the more steps you take into that authentic space, the more confidence you build in truly being yourself. And what a fucking relief right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. You know, it's like so much work to bend over backwards and twist yourself up in knots on the inside and not upset other people. Like, and and I learned after a lifetime of that, it's actually not possible. They're going to (laughs) keep being themselves. And you know, their unhappiness actually doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just that if I'm doing something they don't agree with, it gives them a chance to project that energy someplace. But it's actually I don't have to just because somebody throws you a snowball doesn't mean you have to catch it. You know, you can let it go by past you, you know, you don't have to catch
1: it. You don't have to hold it. It's not about you.
0: No, it's not. And I took me in my whole life to realize that thanks to, you know, my favorite text, you know, is uh, the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, not taking anything personally was one of my major lessons along with don't make assumptions, you know, like be impeccable with your word. Sure. That one too. Oh, yeah. Do your best. So I'm really curious about, you know, how did you deprogram your mind, your own mind? Because. I'm sure I just, I'm imagining, uh, let me ask you, but I'm imagining that you must have felt like a lot of fear inside your own body for going against the things that you were trained were
1: true. Absolutely. I mean, as a, a, a little snapshot, once you step away from a system like that, that runs your calendar year, right? I mean, all of the holidays, just think purely of the things that you celebrate throughout the year the liturgical holidays and seasons, you step out of that, you're like, oh. There's so much space. (laughs) What's happening now? (laughs) I get to define that. That's exciting and terrifying. How do I structure my year so that it's meaningful to me? It might seem silly to someone, but I I was like shocked by that. But the more I stepped into the space of what's for me and trying something, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's for me and trying something else. Like, no, that doesn't quite fit. And just the the process of creating a life I love, mm. but it, it was definitely a process. So that's that's one you know little snapshot. But you know I say a lot of reading, you know deconstructionist authors. There's a lot online now. Deconstruction and evangelicalism is huge. It's all the rage on the TikToks and and everywhere you go now. But um, for me, a critical part of that was. Just my connection with my guide team, spending time with them in meditation and just, you know, other dimensional space, getting out of the day-to-day anxiety and fear wheel and just sitting with what's possible and allowing them to teach me in my stillness, allowing them to point out things for me to work on, little things, a little bit at a time, um, which helped me to build the capacity and the strength to see more, to be more, to become more.
0: Yeah. And to do it pretty much on your own, right? I mean, so I'm sure you're, I don't know, I'm going to ask you again, because I'm not sure. But was your family super supportive of you making this shift out of evangelical Christian- Christianity? Did no. they embrace you in your own spiritual inquiry and discovery and journey?
1: No, no. And we do not <laughs>
0: talk about it. <laughs> um, I, I get prayed over. <laughs> She'll gonna, She's going to wake yeah. up and see the light one day kind of thing? Yeah, I get
1: on the topic of Bible studies sometimes. It's okay. Yeah, you're the example, the one that got away. That, one. and and I just say, you know what? Thank you for your prayers. I am blessed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel I receive your blessing without your judgment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting to me. I think we're. I just know for myself that this particular time in in history is giving us a huge opportunity to practice some discernment. Mm. And discernment's that little step beyond judgment. So like, we got to get through the judgment shadow to get into discernment. So it's kind of like the moment before you throw the rock that you go, you know, it's like just going back to Jesus, you know, let someone cast the first stone, right? Who think who has never sinned themselves, who has never made a mistake or who is, you know, and then everyone's got their, their rocks in their hands and discernment's the moment before you throw it. <laughs> it's that moment. And it's an eternal moment, like it can be a big moment. It's like, oh, let me just think about this rock for a second. <laughs> you know, I really mm-hmm. do. I really know everything I need to know to cast that stone. Mm-hmm. Because if I cast that stone, that is an action that's called a karmic action. And then in casting that stone, I'm gonna have a karmic result. And if I do it from judgment, and you know shame, blame, greed, guilt, fear, manipulation, whatever, you know, the whole list of shadow, fear-based um, paradigms, that karmic result is gonna be kind of a tough one, a sticky one, it's gonna require some love to get out of that one, you know, some compassion and forgiveness and like, I'm sorry, whole pono. So how did you learn to practice discernment? Because discernment also requires intuition, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I am deeply intuitive um, and empathic and that's not something that you're taught to value growing up the way I did. Those things are pathways to to evil (laughs) because we can only trust this system. We can only trust what this particular system is telling us God wants. We don't have direct access to that. You're not allowed. And so, I mean, honestly, I was angry for a long time as I'm processing the manipulation, the control, the continued dysfunction of trying to guilt me into returning the continued pressure that people tried to place upon me to reconform, right? To reform my behavior. And in that anger, uh, you know, I, I had to process that. I had to feel all of that, but arrive at the point where I realized I'm not broken,
0: You know, that's a declaration. That's an empowered declaration to make that statement. I also came to that place in my journey. I am not broken. It was a huge realization.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of judgment that comes from that place of origin. And so I have a lot of experience being on both sides of that being the person who was judging the other person and what that felt like. It's a measure of control. You feel empowered in that because you're on the side, the winning side, the good side, sides go in heaven, all the thing, blessed side, whatever. But also being on the blunt receiving end of that. So I saw both ends of that narrative in the first 30 years of my life. And so it's helped me process a lot about what judgment is. And when I feel that rise up in me, I start asking myself questions like, what am I so angry about? What do I feel like is going to hurt me? What am I afraid of in this situation that I want to lash out in anger? Because anger and fear are two sides of a coin. Why do I feel so vulnerable? Or what am I afraid of losing? Because someone else holds this opinion. Um, you know, And is this something that we can at least coexist? Because I don't have to control what they're doing or, you know, you know, whatever. You just have to ask self-inquiry, right? Ask yourself, what do these feelings mean for me so that you can move through with intention, with presence instead of in reaction? Because like you said, you lash out in anger, you're going to be processing the reciprocal end of that. And if you start in a loving position in the first place, you're going to avoid some of that, not all of it. Because like you said, you know, at the top of the show, there's a lot of polarity right now, a lot yeah. of contrast right now. But what we choose to do, is really the key to our own experience.
0: And we can argue with that polarity, right? And say it shouldn't be yeah. so, which is another judgment. But now let's go back to the metaphor of the butterfly. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think the butterfly's in there with its wings going, why won't you let me out? What the heck? Why are you being so mean? You won't let me fly and be free. I hate you. I'm so disempowering. And <laughs> gosh, stop judging me. And you know, it's not. It's like, oh, I need this because I need to strengthen my wings. Thank you for letting me strengthen my wings. I need to strengthen my knowing of like what's true and what's false. Thank you for having this information war so I can know what's true inside of myself by tapping into the place inside of me that knows the truth, that always knows the truth, and has always known the truth, and was never mm-hmm. deceived. And the only way to get tested on that is to have a challenge like this, like the butterfly. This is our butterfly moment. This is strengthening our convictions it's strengthening our wings. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like without that, we'd just be weak, which we have been for a long time without asking
1: questions. Right. What I haven't shared with you is I have a birthmark in the shape of a butterfly. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I've been marked for transformation. Something else I love about the butterfly m- moment, that whole metaphor, is that while in the cocoon, you know, you start out a cata- caterpillar, they literally like dissolve in the cocoon in order to become. And so it's okay to fall apart. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, I don't know what the hell is happening or what my next step is. It's okay to allow yourself to reassemble then in a stronger form, a more you form and understand that's going to happen again and again.
0: Yeah. And it's okay to face the fear, right? Like it's totally, I have actually, and I haven't even had this programming. Okay. But I even got a dose of this like Christian programming thing of like fear of hell i sat in it i had to sit with that fear and just be with it and because my grandmother was very convinced of it and she was very 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 like super religious and in midwest texas uh, southern baptist so it was her Ooh. her mixture so love you guys you know you're awesome and it's like it's like a training ground right like are you gonna listen to your own heart or are you gonna follow fear and she was very much like i've gotta you know follow this doctrine to the t and i remember one day i asked her i said because my mom didn't raise me with that stuff, and so I asked questions, you know. I was, well, I was a kid that showed up and asking questions, and my grandma's like, This is just not correct, you know. <laughs> and I said, well, my grandma, I said, What happens if I run for president? Would you vote for me? And she looked at me, Well, no. I said, Well, why not, Grandma? Why wouldn't you vote for me? I'm your granddaughter. She said, Because women serve men. I was like, What? Uh. <laughs> I, <laughs> anyway. My mom just looked at me like, do you see now why why I took you out of there? So I love my grandmother and she's my ancestor now and she's beyond the veil. So, you know, that's the funny thing about going beyond the veil. You can see things more clearly. Yeah. So that's why like mystical things are important because see, that's why they want to keep us, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like the powers that be or whatever, not to create some kind of conspiracy theory, but there are, are energies that would like you to stay in your limited reality for a while So that you can have these forces of control applied against you. And you can make the inner decision of whether or not you're going to push back against that and claim your own sovereignty. Like that is the moment we're in right now. And then as you claim it and you say, you know what, I'm going to sit through that fear and I'm not believing it anymore. I don't believe that fear. And you make that start decision and you start to open to go into the place you were afraid of. Then everything starts to open. And guess what? You get to access beyond the veil and you get to talk to your ancestors and you get to talk to guides and you get to hear the truth. And they're yeah. telling you, don't believe the lies. <laughs> don't believe the illusion. Yeah. Know the that, truth in your heart.
1: One of the stories that that upbringing will tell us is that um, if people follow their own hearts, that's the terminology, you know, that of what you were just talking about in those circles, if people followed their own hearts, it would be chaos, Because people would choose violence, they would choose selfishness, they would choose, you know, greed and grabbiness. But the truth is, we are a sliver of source, which is pure love. At our core, we are love, we are compassion, we, you know, are all about the joy of this experience and this experiment and so when we connect to that core it's a complete opposite
0: it's upside down story. world going to right side up world yeah 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 it's bs bs people but anyway we have to go through that to know ourselves right like we have to go to the darkest darkest dark in order to know our brightest brightest light and that's you know that's polarity but so like we get to bring it to the middle so let's say you've had your awakening and i I know I, I mentioned to you I wanted to have this conversation because I have a lot of light workers in my audience and you know we get to the lightest light now the journey to the lightest light is a precious journey, and I do believe we need to we need to be reinforced in our light for a while so that we can really like get that centered in ourselves and we can know our own truth and be and be confident in it and so we do tend to kind of go way off into the light polarity like you know way over here and kind of exclude everything you know that feels toxic and negative right, and just kind of like curate our life so that we don't have to be challenged or confronted by anything like that doesn't match our exact like tiny little spectrum piece of the spectrum of our reality and we exclude we start excluding everything and like blocking people and getting rid of people and stuff like that to keep the negativity away but at some point don't we need to come into unity and what does that look like i mean what does actual inner unity look like
1: Mm, this is such a good question. So, yeah, I mean, it's easy for that pendulum to swing and you close off your circle and call it safety, but is it safety, right? Isn't that the question? Yeah. Um, because no growth will happen there. What kind of insight can happen in a closed loop? Right. And so, you know, if you're going to be serving as a light worker, I mean, set aside someone who's awakening and getting their legs underneath them, right? Let's, you know, Surround them with some some compassion for that experience. But if you're gonna serve other people from a point of view of a, as a, of a light worker, you have to be able to grow through contrast. You have to be able to discern through conflict. You have to be able to have hard conversations. You have to be able to challenge your own thinking, even if it's so deeply ingrained in you. Like you, you know, you said earlier that you would never, ever, 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 ever reconsider that point of view. I mean our eternal self is a curious self. It's a creative self. Creation is born out of chaos. Ha- there has to be, you know, this messy space for us to create something new. And so, you know, a lot of people will focus on the negative feelings right now. Focus on the conflict and the fear that that engenders the anger, the separation within families, within friend groups, the the blocking on the social media and stuff like that. But if we instead turned our focus into curiosity around what can be born out of this moment. What is the bigger conversation happening for us? Because we know transformation and change don't happen when we're quiet, comfortable, and complacent, (laughs) right? Right. Something big is happening. Get curious about it. Hold open heart space for people who are having those big emotions It's okay for people to have those emotions for you not to absorb that, but just to hold space for love, compassion, and curiosity. If you can embody that and step that into your interactions, it'll be, you know, a completely different experience for you.
0: Yeah, and stop projecting stuff on people. So I think projection, this is another aspect of discernment. It's kind of like if you're seeing, especially if you're seeing something in another person, you got to be so careful about what you're spotting in other people, you know, do not spot negative outcomes on other people mm-hmm. if you see somebody like somebody well, I, anyway, I was going inter- to interview with this is last year I was going to interview with this uh, podcast host and she was she was in this siloing phase right Like she was like silo, silo, silo oh, that's uncomfortable. oh I can, only, I can only be in Hawaii in this little tiny spot and I, I don't see anybody you know <laughs> just like in my own tower, my own like ivory tower right And then she, she had this um, meeting with me, and she's like oh, I'm feeling something negative in your field. I can't, I can't interview on my podcast. And I just kind of thought that was so sweet. But I was like, okay, dear, <laughs> you know, Plus <Split laughs> okay. your, your heart, sweetheart? I, I get it. You're in the, you're in the siloing phase and that's fine. You know, I scare you because I actually have raw power. And I understand that that's really uncomfortable for you that I've integrated dark and light and that I'm on that path, my path because that's where true power comes from, Right, so talk a little bit yes. more about that because people need to hear this. Because I, my light workers, I've seen so many of you like I'm blocking people because they're awful,
1: you know. <laughs> oh man, I mean, so much of my growth, and I'm I'm with you, girl, raw power over here. Yeah. Um, it, you you develop that because of the integration of the dark and the light. You can't forsake the dark because that's you too. What is it in that shadow space that you're denying about yourself that you don't want to work through, that you would prefer wasn't you, that you're going to pretend you're perfect instead?
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. The perfect syndrome. It's like, it's it's back to the Christianity, right? Like it's yeah. exactly the same pattern. So if you if you're a light worker and you're doing that, you're just repeating the same pattern because you're saying, I'm blessed and those people aren't. And I'm blessed and I'm staying in the light
1: part, you know, and I'm not going in the dark part. Right. Right. And it's part of your journey. It's part of you for a reason. And there's a lot of things in that shadow space that you're denying that are actually sources of power for you and could you know, just help you be so much more authentic in your work because you understand yourself. You're not reactive and to, you know, how you're mirroring with other people because we serve as mirrors all day long, reacting to your own reflection. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly so to to that little podcaster she's watching yeah you know what like you just saw me in you that's it and you were just afraid of your own power you saw your power in me and you were like I'm afraid of that power and I don't want to own that power yet and I'm not ready to be that powerful that's all it was and I was like okay well you don't have to do it right now, but hopefully one day you will, because we need more powerful women. We need more women stepping into their power, mystical people beyond the veil, you know, that can find the truth and, you know, beyond this illusional reality can access the truth and source and can bring it back here for all the rest of us. You know, we're the ones that uh, we've been waiting for. So talk a little bit more about that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at nature herself and in her, all, all of her glory, there's darkness and light, there's balance, right? There's day and there's night. We need that. That's part of, you know, the whole action and reflection cycles too. You know, it's all part of who we are and how we optimize this experience. And so neglecting that is only going to create chaos in your life. Right. I mean, when I look at, you know, the archetypes that are available for people to tap into, identify with, you know, grow their practices with. I mean, honestly, I identify with powerful ones. And often their their attributes are considered dark, but what does that mean? It means they're creative. It means they're active. It means they're rooted in their power. It means they're not afraid. They're not afraid of what people are going to say about them. They're not afraid of, you know, the weirdness, the projection weirdness, they're magical. They're absolutely divinely magical. And and that's part of your inheritance as a creature on this planet right now, is that balance, striking that balance within yourself to really truly become magical. It's an individual journey though. I mean, you're not going to resonate with everything I resonate with and that is okay.
0: It's okay. We don't have to. We're we have a spectrum on the planet for a reason. Yeah. You know, I'm also realizing I've created another little understanding in myself and I want to check it with you and see what you think about it. But um is that the, you know, when we focus all on the light, that's kind of like focusing on the spirit aspect of ourselves, like upon waking up. And when we go into the shadow, it's more that's more tied to our embodiment process. It's more tied Mm -hmm. to like embracing the consciousness of planet Earth and merging our consciousness with hers through this physical vessel. Mm. And in that process of merging with our vessel, with our, our physical physicality and embodying, we're actually facing all of the things that were hard to face, not only in this lifetime, but in our ancestry and in past lives, that's all stored inside the cellular aspects of this vessel. Cause this is like our, our vehicle, mm. right? Our soul's right. vehicle for doing our work. So it's got everything in it. and you can't really get all the way embodied and be powerful on the earth until you go through your shadows.
1: Absolutely. No, I, I see truth in that. That is also part of the conditioning of those institutional religions and fundamentalism is the body is bad,
0: right? <laughs> of course it is, because they don't want you to get your power.
1: <laughs> sexuality right here. <laughs> you know? what What's okay, right? There's so much to be afraid of with the body. The body has to look a certain way, behave a certain way, conform a certain way, be in service to men in a certain way, only adhere to these two genders. You can't have any other experiences, even though ultimately you're a genderless being. (laughs) It's just, we're conditioned to mistrust our body. I had to work through that, deep work in that. And that integration of spirit and body, not thinking that that higher self person, that guide team, those ancestors are way over there in some far away, lovely place right here, baby, right here. Integrate that, be that right here, right now, because that's where, you know, we really ignite that authenticity and raw power.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, it's when we do the embodiment instead of, cause when we're all like flighty and like out there, you mm. don't, it's almost like you, the wind could just come and just puff you right over, you know, like, <laughs> poof, you just like fall over because the wind blew. But like when you actually do this shadow work and you get into your body and you embody yourself, your soul, and you bring your soul all the way down into the physical tissues, all the way, even through your feet and into the earth, what happens is like that return to knowing, you know, and when you're in knowing, like, I don't know, like when I, I, I just, that's so funny. I just said that. So when I know my son, for example, I love my son. My love for my son is so true that when I think about him, my heart just opens. I'm just like, I love, I love both of my sons, right? So I just picture one and then picture the other. And then like, oh, my heart opens because that's so true. Then that's the feeling you could have about everything in your life if you were embodied.
1: Yeah, we, I mean, this is not just, a temporary vehicle that we're eager to discard, right? We have to rid ourselves of that notion. We get to be here in these bodies. I get to be this size, you
0: know? <laughs> I get to take up this much space.
1: That's great. <laughs> Um, I, I get to be here and enjoy this physicality and, and marry my spirit self with this beautiful vehicle that not only helps me get where I want to go, but helps me interpret my environment because our environment, everything is made out of vibrations. We feel that in our bodies, we call them feelings. And we can, you know, our body is an instrument for interpretation and for sensing and understanding, for receiving joy, for just enjoying and yummy, yummy, you know, um, taking part in this amazing world that we've created. And so the hating on the body has to stop. The loving on the body, the taking care of the body, the being in the body, the self-care in order to grow um, your capacity to also be coexist as spirit is really important. That integration is critical.
0: Yeah. And I want to touch on one more area with the body just to go a little bit deeper into it is um, orgasm, you know, so okay. like sexuality, a woman's sexuality is very potent. And I've heard from a leader in the Native American church that the reason why sweat lodge with men doesn't include women who are on their moon cycle is because a woman on her moon cycle is so powerful that if she went into the sweat lodge, all the men would have to lie down. They wouldn't be able to sit anymore because it's that much power. So like this idea that women are shameful and disgusting and and their sexuality is bad, that's all just an idea that's been created to keep women away from their greatest power, which is their womb and their mm. orgasm, because mm-hmm. that from that woman, that orgasm, I remember I didn't have my first orgasm because I had all this shame about, you know, women's sexuality until I was 42. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had it. And I was like, I finally feel good in my body for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. I feel good in my body. And then I realized at some point playing around with this, you know, orgasm thing. I was like, wow, like I can access the divine, like the highest, highest, highest realms of the divine with my orgasm. Like I can access God direct with my orgasm in my body. It was like, mm. wow, this is amazing. Yeah. So I th- I thought to myself, all the suffering we have, I feel like so much of this suffering on the planet could be solved if women were allowed and permitted themselves and even claimed for themselves to have their orgasm and connect with God and feel good.
1: Right. Oh my God. I love that. It's so simple. Yeah. Mid thirties for me too. And you know, all of the questions, you know, so when you are in that space of shame and that space of repression and you're Googling stuff, like what does an orgasm feel like?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you haven't had it yet. It's a clue. You haven't had one yet if you're asking. (laughs) You will know.
1: (laughs) But yeah, what a revelation about how we can just transcend a moment. with. Yeah, it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, and we get to reclaim our bodies and that's what we're here to do. You know, and I want to say one more piece around this and I'm sure that you've gotten messages about this because you've accessed Beyond the Veil is that we are the generation. We're the group of souls that came here to pierce the veil into sovereignty into being our divine embodied souls on this planet at this time, that's a privilege. And that's a privilege that our ancestors fought and paid for with their lives. Mm -hmm. And so please, please don't sacrifice that. I, I mean, that is just my invitation to anyone listening, you know, in whatever way, whatever stance you're taking in your lives about whatever issues are in the public right now, please be mindful that your ancestors sacrificed everything so you could be free. And so I encourage you to claim that freedom and that sovereignty for yourself. What are your thoughts about that, Tracy?
1: Yeah, I agree. The larger conversation that's happening right now is between controlling individual people, the fear control judgment to how about if we collectively agree to operate out of compassion and love for one another? The dichotomy is very clear. And I would say that there are people that hold those points of views on all sides of issues. But really where we're, you know, growing as a collective is toward a greater alignment with one another. So while sovereign beings also operating from a place of love and presence, that looks different than conflict and and polarity and, and hate and religious war and, you know, ideological infighting that looks like curiosity, playfulness, creation. What if, what can we accomplish together out of this, this chaos that we can create from or we can devolve (laughs) yeah
0: exactly and you know it's kind of like just remember the jehovah's witness at your door i know everyone's had that experience you know (laughs) just remember that like that's not you know necessarily going to be successful i think we've already tried that whole approach a lot of times throughout human history and coming up to somebody's door and knocking at it and telling them they don't know what they're doing and they're doing it absolutely wrong and they're going to pay a huge price for it and all you know Basically creating a scenario in which, you know, you're basically taking your artistic expression and creating a scenario in which somebody else is going to fail miserably and walk into their door with it. And it's like, no, let's not create that. Let's, you know, let's respect everyone's artistic dream and their creation right now on the planet. And, uh, you know, find a way to let it all be happening at the same time, because it, in fact, is all happening at the same time. And we don't have to interfere with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much more is possible. Um, and when we're not focusing on, you know, the the yucky of the conflict in front of us, and we're focusing on what can be um, a lot more as possible.
0: That's right. So keep stepping, keep stepping into the shadows, people. Keep, you know, keep embodying. And, you know, if your body, like uh, Tracy was saying to me before the call, if your body is uh, pointing out to you that someone's uncomfortable for you, then go take a look at it, right?
1: Like take a look inside and see why. Mm-hmm. Be curious about it. Mm -hmm. That self-inquiry piece, examining why those feelings are bubbling up to you. Are they actually connected to this person in this moment or are they related to something else that you've tucked way deep in your shadow? Some little piece that you haven't wanted to deal with before. Really important for us to to step into authenticity is to be aware of what we've denied about ourselves. And so shadow work is... mm, Mm, so powerful. So it's amazing. so powerful,
0: and you know, I love your that you you say gritty because grit is the word inside of integrity, and I think that we when we get gritty, we actually we're, we're developing integrity. So good and can be relatable right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sure. The more spectrum we can tune into, the more we can relate. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Um, so is there any way that you want people to get started with you? Of course, the Gritty Mystic podcast, I'll put a link um, in the show notes, but is there anything else you want to invite people to as a way to get started getting to know you?
1: Yeah. Um, find me on the website as well, grittymystic.com. Connect with me on Instagram. Let's have a conversation.
0: Awesome. Invited to conversations, people. So if uh, you liked this episode, if you got any little negative wisdom, please be gritty and share it out. You know, I know it's uncomfortable because you never know what feedback you're going to get. And, you know, and that could be, you could be afraid of that, but don't let fear stop you, you know, move through that fear, share it out and then notice what goes on inside of you and share it on our page, you know, share it for the, wherever you found the podcast. Let us know, like how, how, what did you face inside of you as you shared this out? What was the thought going on inside your mind? You know, were you worried about someone would think about you? Were you afraid of being shunned? Were you excited to share it out with somebody? So were you hoping to convince somebody? So, you know, all of that is relevant, right? And so like, take it as a spiritual exercise. I always say run the experiment, share it out, like and comment, helps us get the word out. And uh, in the meantime, uh, I also encourage you to visit Gritty Mystic Podcast and uh, for more of Tracy's amazingness. And we're going to give kisses. You want to help me give kisses on the way out? Yes. Okay, here they come, people. I know every single week, we just love you so much. Mm-hmm love you so much everybody see you next week thanks for coming on the show tracy thank you bye for now everybody if you found even one gold nugget in this episode of soul nectar show will you do us a favor will you subscribe like and share this episode maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it we really really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul nectar Show. Away Soul nectar. Nectar Show. Take a Soul sip from the of nectar, nectar. I'm so